You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability, Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. As always, I am your host, Eric Rosenberg, and today we have a very special guest. You know, I talk a lot about FinCon, I know, and (laughs) this is another guest that I met at FinCon, but this guest actually took the uh, bull by the horns, if you will, and started her own conference, and I'm speaking of, of course, the none other than the lovely Eva Baker, who's on with us. Say hello, Eva. Hi, guys. (laughs) Welcome to the show. So, Eva, a little bit of background about her before we get into chatting about what she's doing now. So I met her a few years ago at FinCon, and she was a real anomaly. She was really unique because she was the youngest person there. And I think at her first FinCon, the only person below the legal drinking age, which, uh, which raised, you know, got a couple of eyes looking at her. And she was focused on um, teen entrepreneurship and teen <laughs> money and all things teen finances, which if you know any teens, I know a few, they're probably more disconnected from their bank accounts than adults, which is really scary because most adults today don't even (laughs) take care of their finances like they should. But Eva's trying to change that by educating and empowering teens to know what they can do with their money and now expanding that to teen entrepreneurship. So does that sound like a good intro of you, Eva? (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Spot on. (laughs) Totally. So tell us, how did you get started with this idea? I know you were, it started um, as a school project you were working on your your mom was involved. What was the whole idea of getting started with your first online project? Yeah, that's a, a project for school. Um, I was homeschooled all the way through high school. And my mom came to me and was like, Eva, for your senior year, you need to pick some kind of meaningful project to tackle. Um, it was something that was just supposed to help grow some just life skills, communication skills, all of those kinds of things. My older brother before me, he was homeschooled as well. And he also had to do a project. He started some nonprofit that was all about like nuclear energy with his high school debate partner. And it was all like very smart and very cool. Um, and so when mom came to me and told me it was time for me to choose what my project was, I had no idea to pick what it, we got to pick what we wanted to do. So I had no idea what I wanted my project to be, but I knew it needed to be something pretty cool. And during that that same time, my parents were going through a divorce. And my mom was just trying to get back on her feet financially after everything that had happened. And so she she went to the library because someone had told her about Dave Ramsey. And she wanted to read one of Dave Ramsey's book, the, the Total Money Makeover. When she gets there, and unfortunately for me, 15-year-old me at the time, they only had the book, uh, they only had the audio book. They actually have like a copy of it. So she got the audiobook and I got stuck listening with it, listening to it with her in the car, <laughs> which I was not thrilled about at all. Like not at all. And, and so I'm, I'm listening to this book and I'm listening to Dave Ramsey talk about all of these baby steps that don't saving for their retirement. And it was the first time I really had ever realized that at, you know, 15 that was a thing and that that was something that people struggled with and that people were saddled with debt for the rest of their life, credit card debt, student loan debt, whatever, that had just never really occurred to me. And the other thing that I realized is that my experience growing up was very different from from others. My my parents were very purposeful, my brother and I, to include us in the family finances. I'd 
been doing the envelope system since I was five years old when I became responsible for purchasing all of my own clothes. They were just, they were very hands on to try to educate us with just a basic knowledge of, of how money worked. And so I'm listening let's, to this book, uh, realizing that people have all this debt. Let's do a quick pause. I'm going to hit stop on the record. We keep about every 15 seconds. Hopefully. <laughs> all right. So everyone, um, Eva, how does that sound? Does that sound like a good description of, of what you're up to these days? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, how did you get started in all of your online stuff? I know you were homeschooled. You had some projects around internet and, and trying to help people. How did you get started with your first online project? Yes, so I was homeschooled uh, all the way through high school. So with my older brother and my mom required us to both complete some kind of meaningful school project for our junior and senior year. And so when I was 15, mom came to me and was like, Eva, it's time for you to start thinking about what you, your project, you know, what you want to do and all of that. And I had no idea. And honestly, like I was kind of taking my time trying to like figure out <laughs> what I wanted to do because I wasn't super excited about having to start a uh, project for school. Yeah, I don't think um, anyone gets really excited about school projects. Probably not. No. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely wasn't super thrilled. I actually um, have a, a funny connection to your brother's project. I actually did get excited once about a school project. My uh, my senior year at the University of Colorado, I took a really interesting class from the business school on energy and the energy economy. And over spring break, I um, had the opportunity to go on a road trip with my family, but instead hung out around Boulder and got my final done early, which was a uh, paper about different electricity things. So not nuclear, okay. but... But totally okay, really yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. This <laughs> whole thing of nuclear energy and I I just never I I, I still don't necessarily <laughs> understand exactly all that it was, but it was very like it was very cool. Um and so around this time my mom and dad were going through a divorce and my mom was just trying to get her finances back in order after what had happened and a friend recommended to her that she check out Dave Ramsey. And so she wanted to read Dave Ramsey's book, The Total Money Makeover, but she was in this new like frugal mindset. So she didn't want to spend the money to buy the book. So she goes to the library to get it. <laughs> and when she gets there, they didn't have the book. They only had the audio book. And so unfortunately for 15 year old me, I got stuck listening to it with her in the car which I was super not happy about. Like really, like I was, I was not happy. Looking back now, how do you feel about it? Oh, back now I'm like super thrilled. But at that time <laughs> I was just like, cause I'm the kind of person that like, I like to listen to music in the car. And so I was just like, why aren't we listening to Taylor Swift right now? <laughs> I used to be happening. a super music person in the car. And over time I've shifted more towards podcasts, but you know, know, once I, in I, a while, I need to just crank up the music and rock it out because there's exactly. nothing better. <laughs> I know. I know. And so I feel like maybe I think that maybe it's some I actually I'm going to go on a sidetrack here, but I was actually in the car driving somewhere this morning and I turned I unplugged my 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 phone from for my music to my car and I turned on NPR and that's the first time that's ever happened. So I think I might be like, well, you just turned 21 now that you're an official adult according to the government by all standards you just switched to npr again i think that i think that that's kind of what happened yeah my birthday was yesterday and so i was i i don't know like i didn't it wasn't planned i wasn't like oh i'm an adult now i have to listen to npr like i just genuinely was like huh because sometimes when i'm driving in the car with my mom now 
like she'll be listening to NPR and sometimes it'll be interesting. So I was like, hmm, I wonder what's going on with NPR. Um, back but it was in the day when I had a commute, when I say back in the day, I mean like 11 months ago when I had a commute still, <laughs> I listened to NPR a lot. So I totally get that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it was all, they were talking about like all kind of political stuff and I was like, ah, I don't care about that. <laughs> Anyways, back to my story. We're sitting in the car. I'm begrudgingly having to listen to Dave Ramsey talk about money. And he's talking about all of these these baby steps that adults can take to get themselves out of debt and start saving for their retirement. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I ever realized that debt was was a thing, that adults are burdened with debt for like the rest of their lives. And it's something they have to deal with. And it's stressful and all of this stuff. And that they have credit card debt and student loan debt. I, I just had never, that had never been a part of my life before. My parents didn't have any debt growing up. And it just, I, I just never realized that was a thing. And I also realized that a lot of, that most people had a very different upbringing than what I had experienced. Um, I'm very thankful. My parents were very hands-on with my brother and I about educating us with finances. I've been doing the envelope system since I was five they were just super great to include us in the family finances, um, included us in decisions. Uh, when I turned 14, I was responsible for buying all of my own clothes. And so, at, you know, at, at 15, I felt like I had kind of like a basic understanding of, of how to deal with money. I don't know if I maybe, you know, I didn't make super great money choices when I was 15, but I knew, like, I knew how to run a budget. You had the for basics the- down. Exactly. The basics for, for all intents and purposes, like I, I could, I could handle things. Okay. Um, but then I'm listening to Dave talk about all this debt and I realized that that's not, that's not the norm for most people that most kids grow up with their parents, not talking to them about money yeah, it's at all. It's super taboo. I, I yeah. find it, you know, interesting. You know, I, I used to, I'm now married, but when I was dating, I was the weird guy who would like bring up money things on like the second date be like, right. yeah. So do you have any like credit cards or student loans or anything? Like, cause that's like that's super funny. romantic over, over sushi on date number two or whatever. Um, <laughs> but you know, a lot of people, like I've even people like good friends and even people I dated more seriously when I talked to them about money, they get really skittish cause it's even their parents wouldn't talk to them about money. And right. I always think it's, it's like it's a taboo we need to break. I mean, we're sitting exactly. here talking about it. I write how much money I make every month on the internet, which I don't expect to be the norm for a lot of people. But just being able to talk about that we have issues in our society and our in our daily lives with debt and money and have to make all those decisions, those are huge. So exactly. um, I, I'm on board with you. It's something that all parents, if you're a parent listening or a future parent, you know, teach your kids about this stuff because school definitely is not today. Uh, no, parents it's, it's, are the place it's to not. learn. Exactly. I totally agree with you. And, but the sad reality is, is that most kids get dropped off at college without knowing how to budget for groceries. And then they get this student loan debt and credit card debt. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Budget for their food. But like, you can't go have lunch three times in a day or you'll run out of meal credits. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, but it, it is just sad that I feel like a lot of people have such difficulties with their money and, and get so much debt and stuff. But I honestly believe that a lot of that has to do with the fact that no one ever taught them any different. <laughs> like no one ever was stepping up to be like, Oh, here's what you actually do with your money. And so I'm listening, I'm listening to this and I'm realizing this and I, 
I, I'm thinking, I'm sitting there thinking in the car to myself, I, I don't ever want to have to grow up and read this book. I don't want to ever have to be in a position where I have to read this book and follow these steps that he's talking about right now. And so I got online and I started doing some resources or um, research. And of course, I came, there were so many amazing resources out there like Dave Ramsey for adults on how to start a budget or how to get out of debt, save your retirement, all of those kinds of things. But there really wasn't a lot out there in the way of education for teens on how to not get there in the first place. And there was way easier to just not have debt than have to pay it off. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and there was, there was specifically nothing out there because there was some educational things and stuff like that, but there was specifically nothing out there for teens by another teen. So I kind of had this beautiful little light bulb moment and I was like, huh, I know what I want my high school project to be. Um, and I founded teens.sense. That's my website. And it is a place that is completely devoted to personal finance education for teens. And so it's just, Kind of, it's just everything that I learned growing up, just kind of those, those very, very basic things. Um, and, and what I have continued to learn as I've gotten older and had more experiences with money and made mistakes, just trying to share those things with my peers to help them have that basic knowledge so that when they go off to college and off into, you know, the the real world or whatever, (laughs) they, they could feel like they were prepared because the time that you're living at home and that you're in high school and you're not dealing with large amounts of cash, cash don't really have a whole lot of responsibility. That's the time for you to be making mistakes and, and learn make, and build your foundation for the exactly, future. Exactly. And so that's kind of, that's my whole mission and, and purpose with teens got sense. That's where, that's where I started. And it, it was just this, this kind of high school project that I was doing and I definitely took it serious and was working hard at it. But then, you know, I, from a lot of hard work and a a lot of couple of years realized that, um, that it could be more than just, than just a a project. And then it kind of just kept growing and it was successful and it's now my full-time job and I absolutely love it. That's awesome. You know, I, when I started my blog, I'd, I wouldn't have never dreamed that it would lead to my full-time job, but, but here we are, you know, it's, it's yeah. a pretty cool thing, you know, for, for the teen financial education stuff, I'm thinking, I like to think back, I think where I really started getting my, fa- my financial, you know, foundations, the, the real basic understandings it actually came from my grandpa who lived like a thousand miles away from me when I was growing up. I grew up in Denver and he was in Fayetteville, Arkansas, but I used to go visit him and my grandma for, you know, a few days or a long weekend or a week over the summer. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, he was around when I was eight for my birthday, he gave me a, uh, a general ledger book, which, you know, every eight year old kid wants a, a way to track their finances. <laughs> he <Yeah>. gave me, <laughs> he's taught me every time you make money, you write it here and put it in the debit column. Every time you spend money, you put it in the credit column. And then you know where all your money is coming from and all your money's going. And, at that time, I didn't realize the power of, of just understanding where you're spending money. Um, right. But that is really kind of that core foundation of, you know, it exactly. leads to budgeting and everything else. And he used to take me, um, which I really fondly remember, uh, we'd go before there were was internet at your house you could have. He would take me to the uh, local bank in downtown Fayetteville 
and on their terminal, which was just a black screen with green text, we could pull up the ticker symbols, and he'd quiz me on the ticker symbols, and um, we'd check his stocks every day to see how he was doing. So it was kind of a fun, uh, a fun way for me to learn when I was a kid. And yeah, then, it's really cool. Yeah, and then when I was a teen, um, I grew up and started. I had that entrepreneurial zest in me, um, and I know that's kind of a direction you've started to focus on your. Uh, your teen education uh, beyond just personal finance. You have this conference now. So tell us what's what's going on with this uh, teenpreneur conference that you're putting together. Yeah. So the story behind that is, um, of course, we met at FinCon and FinCon has been uh, such a huge part of everything that I've do- been doing. And it was really that, that first FinCon that I really started seeing my project or, you know, my website is as more than just this thing that I was doing for school and really started seeing the possibilities of, of it being a business. Um, and I know that you'll agree with me. Everyone in the FinCon community is, is so incredible. And just, we all, I love how we all work together to, to support each other and help each other out. And it's just, it's just been fantastic. And having the experience I've had at FinCon, I, for years, I've thought that, hey, like, it would be really cool for me to put on a conference for teens. And of course, I thought, like, I'll put on a conference about personal finance, because that's, you know, that's what I do, personal finance. But I, I was, I was kind of like starting to plan it out. And I was in, you know, some preliminary, preliminary, like, planning stages. And I remember I was sitting down brainstorming one day about this conference and what I wanted it to look like, and who I might want to have them speak. And, and all of that. And I just realized that no teen was going to want to come to this conference about personal finance. <laughs> um, and that I was actually kind of getting bored just planning it. Um, and that's, so I that's, a, just, that's a good sign to change your direction a little bit. <laughs> exactly. So I kind of just put the whole idea on the back burner and was just like, you know, I just kind of forgot about it. Um, but then I think it was in 2015 at FinCon in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was sitting there and I was looking out across this room of all of these incredible entrepreneurs and, and, and business owners and, and people that have just been so successful. Um, and, and it just really got me thinking about entrepreneurship and, and how I was kind of just starting to realize then that I was an entrepreneur and that like, that was a thing that I could call myself. Uh, and it started making me think about other teen entrepreneurs. So I, I got online. And just started doing a ton of research uh, about other teens who were running businesses. And like, man, let me tell you, there are so many kids across this whole country and across the world, honestly, that are running super cool businesses for themselves. And I just started like randomly calling them up and saying, hey, how would you feel about attending a conference that was just for teen entrepreneurs? And... I got a really good response from that because everyone I talked to, we all had the same conversation about this, just this sense of isolation that we felt like we were the only team anywhere running a business and that no one really understood it. Um, our friends didn't really understand it. And we just felt like we were completely alone, but that, and I, I mean, I know I had definitely felt that and struggled with it, but then as I was, contacting and finding all of these other kids, I'm realizing like, that's not true. There are so many of us out there. Yeah, every once in uh, a while you read those newspaper articles and stories about like the kid who made $10,000 selling cookies or something. But I, there's a lot, I think you're right. There's a lot more to it and a lot that we don't know is going on out there. Uh, but, but kids are inspired and they're doing really cool things today. 
Yeah. And it, it's, I mean, it's true. It's, it's amazing what, what these kids are doing, whether, cause I mean, I kind of came across kids that like, this is, this is what they're doing, like full time, kind of, kind of like myself, where they've taken their business, whatever it may be, and turned it into their full time job. I, I got connected with a young man up in, I think in New York, and he got into tapping trees for maple syrup as a hobby when he was like 12. And he's 18 or 19 now has, I, I'm pretty sure he's dropped out of high school and is the CEO of his own maple syrup company and sells his maple syrup in like 500 grocery stores. Like, come on, that's so cool. Totally. Um, but then, you know, there are also just kids that are running a business or have found, you know, making a product or mowing lawns or, or whatever, because they just are looking to make some extra money. Because like, let me tell you, it's very difficult to find a part-time job nowadays as a teen. Yeah, and yeah. so many kids are turning to entrepreneurship and turning to starting their own business to make extra money for themselves. And, and so anyways, I was just having all of these incredible conversations and I was just like, you know what? Like, we're going to do this. We're going to make this happen. Um, so the Teenpreneur Conference is for teens who have a business and want to come and learn more about how to make it grow or teens who are just interested in entrepreneurship in general, think maybe they want to start a business, that kind of thing can come and learn more as well. Um, and, and my whole, the whole premise was I, I wanted it to be a place where they were going to come and get practical advice because I mean as you know running a business no matter what it is there's a lot that goes into it and yeah, there's yesterday a lot I was uh, I was doing all the fun parts of running a business like updating my bookkeeping and getting oh, some no. tax stuff together <laughs> you know, people don't think about that they just think of yeah. like the uber guy who's like standing in glory in San Francisco over his 50 billion dollar <laughs> empire I'm like it started yeah. doing paperwork and taxes yes <laughs> Yes, it did. And I think that all of those things, um, whether, the, whether your business turns into something that what you do for the rest of your life, or it's just a way to make extra money over the summer, you're going to learn those skills. And I think that that's incredibly valuable. But I wanted these teens to come to this conference and not listen to a speaker or go to a class and leave um, just feeling like really like pumped up and it's inspired. Like, obviously, I wanted them to be inspired, but I wanted them to have like practical, tangible information that they were going to be able to, yeah, that they were going to be able to walk out the door and be like, okay, I can go home and do this. I also wanted it to be a place where teens, teen entrepreneurs could finally come and build a community. And I have really worked very hard to model that community after what I've, after what I've experienced at FinCon of just people and teens coming together and, and supporting one another helping each other, having fun together, and just truly being a group and being together. Uh, those were my two main goals for the conference. And and also, I didn't want this to be the kind of event where, uh, you know, a bunch of old guys in suits were going to come and lecture to kids about how to run a business. <laughs> um, I, I wanted this to be for teens by teens. I wanted there to be that peer-on-peer -peer learning. Uh, and so I... For the, for the most part, I really tried very hard to select speakers who were teens that have run successful businesses themselves to come and be the ones teaching the classes. So I had several teens and then several younger millennials come and 
because I wanted I wanted everyone to feel like they were on the same playing field. I wanted the mm-hmm. speakers to be able to relate to the you know teens in the audience and the teens in the audience to be able to relate to the teen speaker. And I really think that we were able to achieve that. And it was it was a lot of fun. Last it was in June last year, and um, I'm really happy to be able to put it on again this year. It's going to be um, actually in June again, and I'm really excited about it. Oh, that's awesome. So. You know, when you're doing all, putting all this together and learning, obviously that's kind of an entrepreneurial project in and of itself. You running this conference, yes, <laughs> and you have your website still, but but it, you know, I can tell you have the entrepreneur bug. I call it for myself shiny object syndrome because anytime I get inspired <laughs> by a business idea, I have to run after it. Um, yes, do you have any other shiny objects going on right now? Things that are inspiring you that you're working on. Oh, I do not actually. Um, I really, yeah, well, that's a good thing to be focused. Though. Focusing <laughs> yeah. on these two things is uh, um, that's a, it keeps your hands full for sure. <laughs> it does definitely. Um, and I actually sometimes I feel like I, I maybe I don't know. I don't I don't feel like I could add anything else on <laughs> to be honest. Um, because it is a lot just running these these two endeavors. But I don't know. Maybe someday my mom. Um, my, my, my mom and my brother, um, are, are very entrepreneurial themselves and they're constantly coming up with, with new business ideas. And, um, actually my brother's best friend and my brother are actually, uh, running a little business together right now that my mom's helping them out with. Um, and so there's, there's always, there's always something new on the table. Um, I'm just never the one that's it's not like, your turn oh. today. Exactly. But you'll I've have your turn again. I, mean, I can't say you've not done anything you've spoken, uh, you know, uh, when the way we really got to know each other was um, Eva was a speaker at Ignite FinCon in St. Louis a few years ago, and I run Ignite, so that's how you popped up on my radar. And you keep your trajectory is amazing. I mean, you've gone from five minute talks to running your own conference, so don't, don't feel bad that you you don't have my uh, entrepreneurial ADD. <laughs> so, um, so what do you have like big big dreams you know this conference I know you've held it in um in your hometown in, in Jacksonville Florida mm-hmm. and it sounds like it's going to repeat there um do you what are your plans for you know future years do you want this to grow like the direction of FinCon and move around or do you want to try to keep it more you know local build that community around the region you're in That's a that's a good question I don't know. I like, I want it to be both like, yeah, like yes to both of those things, um, which I was like, that's not possible, but I, I do want it to grow. And if it, I mean, if it could grow and be like, be like FinCon and we could move all over the country and have it in a different city each year, I think that would be really, really cool. That would be a lot of fun, but I, I'm, I'm, I definitely am happy right now having it here in Jacksonville. Um, and, and trying to, to bring in that, that whole local community kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it's a little bit of both. Like I'm, I'm definitely happy to be in Jacksonville now. Um, but I'm not, I'm not closed off to the possibilities in the future of, of moving it and try to, trying to make it bigger. And there's also some different logistical things moving a bunch of teens around compared to that's, a bunch of the, adults. <laughs> exactly. That is one of the hard things because, you know, at FinCon, they'll have, you know, PT is awesome and plans so many fun events for us. And a lot of them will be, you know, offsite from the hotel at a bar or, you know, wherever where you have to like take a taxi or an Uber or something like that. And like, you know, we can't, you can't really take a bunch of teens to a bar. Um, <laughs> when you can, so, you just can't serve any alcohol. Exactly. And so, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. so I don't know what, the, you know, I, so there, there is some different, some different logistics in that, that, that definitely have, have been a, 
have been fun to try to get to work around and trying to make it still a, a super fun, super valuable event for the teens, but just having to stay local at the hotel. So with part of the, uh, I guess, the benefit of having so much being in the local area would be that every most people are probably not too far away. Do you guys do any like quarterly meetups or uh, or you know, online um, meetup groups, anything like that to keep your community going outside of the days of your year together? Yes. Yeah, so we definitely have a meetup, trying to have a meetup once a quarter where people who have attended the conference or, or anyone else can come out and just have like a, a, a just one speaker and then maybe like play some games, stuff like that. But yeah, no, that a lot of, I mean, the majority of the attendees obviously were here from Jacksonville. We did have a couple travel from, from Georgia and um, South Florida. So that was really cool. And I'm hoping to expand that to get more people from further out to come, to come in. But no, definitely, definitely mainly here in Jacks. Cool. Cool. I've, I've actually never been to Jacksonville. The closest I've been, I've been to Tampa and I've been to Orlando so not too far away. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been to Atlanta. About... I've been to like the triangle around Jacksonville, just not <laughs> inside of it. <laughs> That's funny. Jacksonville is uh, definitely an up and coming city. Like a couple of years ago, I would have maybe said to you, like, oh, "That's like you're definitely not missing much." Um, but <laughs> it is the innovation that's happening here in the past maybe year, two years has been really, really cool, and and it's been fun to be a part of that. Yeah, well, cool. So, um, so jump back to your online stuff and your teens got sense because obviously that's still running in parallel to the conference. So you've built that up. What does the uh, you know what does your average month and, and day look like? You're know, working on teens got sense. Where does your time go uh, between writing and things like this, where you're you know doing podcasts and reaching out and connecting with others? What is an average you know day or week in the life of the uh, the leader of the teen entrepreneurs look like? So for me right now, um, a normal day, I don't know. It's so it's, you know, I mean, being being an entrepreneur and being in the business that we're in, like, it, w- one of the things that's most fun to me is that every day looks a little bit different. Totally. Um, and I love that. But right now, um, I have a team of four writers for Teens Got Sense. They're all teens. Um, and so getting to manage them and edit their work has been a lot of fun. Um, it's been a, that's been a cool thing for me get, to get to learn how to manage a team like that. Um, and it, I'm so thankful because they're, they all add, you know, of course, just their, their unique voice can talk about their unique experiences with money and share their unique tips. Um, and so that's been, that's been a lot of fun to get to manage that team. I'm trying to think like other normal, day just kind of trying to get posts up on teens got sense what's your um, current schedule look like are you trying to do some one a day you know five days a week multiple a day we're actually we were just recently up to two days a week which because we try to have as much content planned out for as far out in advance as we can we've actually just backed down to one day a week now which i'm I'm happier with, with that. That's just, it just works better in my personal schedule. And I think with everything, with my writers and everything like that, so that we have a pretty solid store of articles, you know, down the line, just releasing once a week has been, has been pretty good so far. So does each Um, writer get roughly one post a month? Is that kind of the the general flow? Yes. Um, Yeah. So they, they alternate from week to week. Yeah. Another thing that I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm working on, 
creating video content for one of my clients. So I'm looking, I'm, I'm actually like looking at my notebook and looking at my list for each day. <laughs> um, and so like, you know, writing video scripts is a part of what I do, then being on a podcast, like you said, and making connections, making phone calls, going out, trying to find sponsorships for my conference, any, any of those things could, could, could be in my day. It sounds like there's a lot keeping you busy. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, something I've noticed, um, you know, I, I did my MBA I don't, now probably, I'm trying to do the math, about 10 years ago. That doesn't seem like 10 years ago, but that's how long ago I did my <laughs> MBA. And I noticed there were so many bad writers. I mean, you guys all have college degrees and you can't use a comma right or, or grammar <laughs> right. Do you find um, you know, working with teens, you know, I know a lot of... Um, you know, s- stiff people in suits—the ones that you don't want talking at your con, speaking at your conference—are um, often the ones who would complain and say teens aren't as reliable. They don't have as good of a work ethic. Uh, in your experience, how has it been? You know, managing a team of, of fellow teens. It's been a lot of fun, um, and they've been—I mean, they've all been really, really great. Um, you know, as far as as far as like editing goes, their their writing—it's it's honestly been fine. I mean you know, they are, some of them are, are younger. And so there's been a little bit of a learning curve, but I mean, no, I haven't had like any significant, significant struggles. I, I think that the, I don't know, these teens at least have really, have really been able to step, step up. And, you know, when I was initially talking to them, just making sure that my expectations were, were clear. Um, and, you know, knowing what they agreed to, they have been totally able to meet that. And I think that's the, I think that's the, honest truth with a lot of teens because I think a lot of people do think that teens you know are not reliable and maybe not capable but I I think that if you are able to set the bar higher than just you know make good grades and keep your room clean um when you when you give them expectations and set the bar high for them they they definitely can rise up and meet it yeah very cool yeah, I'm. You know, I was. Uh, I was a Boy Scout. Uh, I worked at Boy Scout camp starting when I was 15. I was there for seven summers. Um, so starting at 15, I was gone like two to three months a year and had to take care of myself and other teens and younger right. kids. So um, I've seen. You know, kids are very resilient, and if you give them, you know, the right direction, uh, they they can do some pretty amazing things. I think a lot of young people are underestimated. Um, in my experiences, yes. in my my youth group at my synagogue growing up, and then at Boy Scout camp, I'm um, even into college. I was helping run a merit badge university for the local Boulder Boy Scouts, and I was always impressed by how everyone was able to uh, really stand on their own. And um, you know, it's you know, it's easy to discount teens and and young people as you know not being as hardworking or involved. And right. I just think it's uh, just differences in how we communicate over generations. You know, like when I was, I when I started college. So if, um, if people want to connect with you, if they want to reach you, they want to find you online or even uh, head to the teen entrepreneur conference with their kids, if they're listening, uh, where should they go to find out more about Eva Baker and everything you're doing on the internets? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you can go, um, <laughs> so you can go to teenscottsense.com. And you can check me out on Facebook and Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, all at Team Scott Sense. Uh, if you are interested in attending the conference, you can go to theteenpreneur.com and get all of the details there. I would love to see you in June. That would be super cool. And then for the Teenpreneur on Facebook and Twitter. Awesome. At, I guess just at the Teenpreneur. Yeah. 
Sweet. Well, thank you so much, Eva, for uh, for joining us on the podcast to chat today. Thanks, listeners, for sticking around until the end. As always, if you loved it, please drop onto iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you do your podcasting, and leave a rating. Um, hopefully, I earn five stars. If not, shoot me an email. Let me know what I can do better. Eric at personalprofitability.com. And if you liked it, share it with a friend. If you have, if you know a teen or anyone else who might find this a uh, an interesting episode, uh, that's that's the best marketing we have is your mouth to other people's ears or or your keyboard. So be sure to share it out with anybody who uh, who you think might like it. Um, you know, thanks again, Eva, for for being on the show, and everybody else. Until next time, stay profitable. Thanks for listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes or share it with a friend.